This is the Live Life Happy Podcast with Andrea Seidel, and it's episode number 78. Welcome to the Live Life Happy Podcast with Andrea Seidel. We're all about highlighting self-help, positive psychology, and books on well-being. We share the content and actionable advice so you can make normal life extraordinary. We are a community of lifelong learners, high achievers, and busy people. Get ready for your download so you can live life happy. I'm your host and addicted to reading, Andrea Seidel. Hey there, Andrea here. I hope you're doing amazing. I have some exciting news. I have a live book club coming up. I would love to have you in it. So go to my website. You can find out more about that. That's where we meet for an hour and a half and we highlight a special book, not one that's been on the podcast, but we highlight a really nice selected book and we spend that hour and a half. I coach the whole entire book. We go through my mind map. So it's like having this podcast, except we actually have breakout groups and we interact interact and I give you actionable nuggets that you actually can apply the learning. So go to my website. The next live book club is coming up in March and I would love to have you there. And of course, for the listeners, there is a wonderful, fantastic promo code so you can join this free. Okay. So go to my website. It's all there. Click on the section that is live book clubs or join the unconventional book club. And I'd love to have you love to see you in person live. Okay. Now let's go back to highlight this awesome book. Okay. I have an amazing book that I highlighted for you this week. It's called willpower doesn't work. It's discover the hidden secrets and keys to success. This is by Benjamin Hardy. So the actual title is work. I just totally gave you that title on memory. I wasn't actually reading the title. So let me give you the exact title. Willpower doesn't work. Discover the hidden keys to success by Benjamin Hardy. Just in case you are going to go out and get that book. I want to make sure you've got that proper title. So yeah, this book is so amazing. I don't know about you, but, uh, sometimes I lose my willpower by the end of the day. You know what? It's just gone. And so the idea with this book is if you want to get more done, if you want to, you know, follow through on something, or you're really, really interested in, um, you know, maybe you're interested in quitting smoking or, you know, uh, going to the gym more frequently or quitting red wine at night, whatever it is, Uh, willpower isn't going to get you there. And this book is so great because it really does teach us that it helps us to focus on motivation instead. So Benjamin Hardy, he really does reveal that productivity is really about clarity and commitment. So if you're relying on willpower to lose weight or to improve your relationship or to achieve something more in your life with work, uh, you're doomed to fail. Oh my gosh, I can't even believe I'm telling you this, but it's true because willpower doesn't work. And that is what this book is all about. And he really does debunk the myths around why it is that we are successful and why it is that we're not. And this book helps us to really accomplish more in less time by changing our entire approach to 
getting things done and to personal commitment and to, you know, confidence and follow through. So ready? This book is so great. Welcome. If this is your first time to the podcast, this is where I highlight the books in about, I used to say 15 minutes or less, but it proves to be about a half an hour, um, to really suck out these wonderful actionable nuggets. I believe that books change lives. So that is what this podcast is all about. I love being able to turn knowledge into action. I created a superpower out of my attention deficit disorder where I am able to speed read books and I love them. And I created this wonderful way to help my brain retain information. And that is how I can share the information within these books to you. So this is great. This is what this podcast is all about. If you are a loyal listener, thank you so much for being here. I really do appreciate all the fantastic direct messages that I get from you. And if you haven't written a review, I can't emphasize more that it's so essential that you do that. It really does help grow the show. So you can go over to iTunes and just hit review and uh, let everybody else know why you enjoy this podcast. Okay, let's delve into the nitty gritty here. So get ready to discover how small changes in our surroundings can actually lead to big changes. So you'll learn how to regularly unplug and make better decisions decisions in our lives. And it's not just willpower. It's not just that sheer will. It is all about our environment and the routine that we create in our environment. And we're also going to learn about forcing functions is what he called it within his book and how we can integrate those into our life. So we have peak productivity and focus. He also teaches us how to rotate our environment. And also he teaches us, um, so that we have ongoing energy and that we have these more strategic strategies so we can be productive in our space and in our world. Um, and it's not just sheer willpower. It's not just, you know, oh my gosh, I really want to lose weight. And like, you know, you wake up and you're all motivated by the end of the day though. You know what? It's not enough. This willpower isn't enough. So it's actually the environment around us is so powerful and stimulating and it can be very addicting as well. And it can be very stressful. So it's, willpower alone is not enough. The sheer willpower is not going to help you in our environments that are very powerful, that are full of stimulating things or even addicting things. And you know what? It's not going to, it just is not going to work. And we're going to discover why. And, um, yeah. So then he talks all about how we can make uh, lasting personal change. We can increase our performance. We can increase our creativity and our productivity, uh, in a more strategic way, not just with willpower. And it's all about, it's all about designing our goal enriching environments. Okay. So here's the fun part. So what you can expect out of this book is that, you know what, it's going to really, really help us discover that willpower doesn't work. And then it's also how going to teach us how we can reset our life. It's going to teach us the power of, um, designing our spaces and designating certain spaces for certain things. Uh, this book also teaches us how to make positive choices, making them automatic and also how we can create triggers to prevent self-sabotage. I love that one. And also how to make changes, you know, in our environments so that we can grow into our goals. So the bottom line is no matter where you are, so no matter where you are, you can change. And that's the message within this book. 
But we can't do it with just willpower because it's the, our environments are too addictive. They're too stimulating. But what we do have control over is we can change our environment. We can adjust our environment and create um, triggers and things within our environment that help us in a positive way. Okay, so here we go. So we're going to talk about why willpower doesn't work. So let me guess, you've tried using willpower in the past, you know, to kick a habit or to like, you know, um, you make those new year's resolutions and you try to like, you know, follow through on these, these resolutions, but by February, everything is, you know, out the window and, or, you know, you, you did, you're determined and then suddenly it's gone. Um, so you set these big goals, but then what happens is the life around you ends up changing your goals, you know, despite all that hard work and all all that determination and that focus. And then we feel like failures. I don't know about you. I mean, I've set some really good goals and then I tried to rely on my willpower and it just doesn't really give us big results. So in his book, he's saying that using willpower actually gives us minimum progress. So willpower is basically our power to exert our free will against, you know, internal and external obstacles. So will, willpower is all about, you know, we want, we, what we want for ourselves, like our free will. So what it is that we're trying to exert and trying to do, whether that be, you know, lose weight, quit smoking, whatever it is, um, it's, it's really trying to use our power in order to stand up to obstacles in our brain, perhaps, or also in our environment. And all these obstacles are going to show up. And according to psychology research, your willpower is like a muscle. So as the day goes on, it's a resource that gets depleted when it's used, it gets tired. So as the day goes on, as a result, by the end of the day, your willpower muscle is exhausted. So using willpower is going to give you minimum progress. Think about it. You know, you go all day long and in positive psychology, it's called ego depletion. I mean, you've had conversations, you're like getting tired by the end of the day. You maybe have had a lot of meetings, whatever it is. By the end of the day, your willpower is going to be lower. It's exhausted. So what happens is that's when we usually end up overeating. That's when we lose our temper with the kids. That's when, you know, we end up succumbing to a glass of wine. I'm not saying a glass of wine is bad, by the way. <laughs> but if that's something that you're trying to give up, then what happens is it's like, okay, you know, your willpower is down. And so it's, it shows like, you know, you might go to have that glass of wine. You can't tell that I like my glass of wine, right? <laughs> anyway, so rather than relying solely on your own internal resolve and your own strength, true commitment means that you have to kind of build it in into several ways. So we have to build it into, um, our world in our environment and we have to build our world around our goals. So it's much more than just our will exerting our free will against internal and external obstacles. So definitely willpower is going to get exhausted. We're going to have ego depletion by the end of the day. And so our willpower isn't going to always be strong. And so we can't rely on willpower is what he's saying. So when it comes to achieving goals, making committed decisions involves first investing upfront. This is what he's saying within his book. And this is what science has shown. So when we, when it comes to achieving goals, making a commitment, um, a committed decision involves investing upfront. So, you know, 
for example, you join a gym or you join a yoga studio, you pay up front, right? It also involves making it public. So sharing with a friend, like, you know what? I decided that I am going to write a book in a weekend and then I'm going to prove it's possible. So I told told so many people that I'm going to do that. So I had to make sure I made it public. So I had to make sure that I did it. <laughs> and I did. So third, you want to make sure that you set a timeline. So it's like, okay, when are you going to do this by? Or what is the time frame, the timeline? So it's really important. So when it comes to achieving goal, that we make a committed decision. And that part of that decision is investing up front. It's making it public. It's setting a timeline. And then it's also about installing several forms of feedback and accountability. This is so important. Like, you know, checking in, I know with my journal, my daily planner, I always check in at the end of the week. It's like, how do I feel I did this week when it came to my goals? And okay, so what is it that I need to, you know, up or where did I, you know, slack a little bit? And so this idea of feedback and accountability is really important. The other aspect of accountability, which is powerful Uh, it, uh, we could even ask a friend, like we can plan to meet a friend at yoga class or at the gym. And so that accountability really, really does help you to follow through. I know that's why I have a life coach personally, because it really helps me stay accountable. Like the other day I text messaged her and I said, Oh my God, like, what was I supposed to be focusing on? (laughs) And she called me on my, you know what? And she basically said, weren't you doing this, this, this? And then it brought me back on track. I definitely like got derailed. Anyway, so that accountability piece and uh, is really, really important as well when we, it comes to achieving goals. So this is beyond willpower, right? So this helps us so that we can achieve goals and we make when we're making these committed decisions. So we want to invest up front. We want to make it public. We want to set a timeline. We want to instill uh, several forms of kind of feedback and accountability. So whether that's, you know, uh, with a life coach, whether that's, you know, meeting a friend, if you're accountable, you've got to do it or figuring out more ways. So how can you be accountable? Like, you know, if you want to achieve something, thing. Um, What way can you provide yourself with honest feedback of how you're progressing? And uh, and then the the next element is removing and altering everything in your environment that opposes your commitment. Now, I got to say that again, because the whole entire book is about this. So it's all about removing or altering everything in your environment that opposes your commitment. So that is so huge, right? So if you think about it, when it comes to achieving our goals, we need to adjust our environment or alter everything in our environment that is against what it is that we want. So for example, if say, let's go, let's stay with the wine theme. <laughs> um, what I try to do is I try not to drink any alcohol during the week. And then I, I do drink it on the weekend. And so what I do is I make sure that I don't have any wine left in my home during the week. Not that I have a problem with it. It could sit there, but it makes it that much more easier for me to not have a glass of wine. Cause it's just so easy to open a bottle and have a glass of wine. And then maybe that one glass ends up being two glasses anyway. So, and then it kind of diminishes. I might have that decrease in willpower, the ego depletion at the end of the night or a stressful day, whatever it is. And then my chances of having that wine are higher if I actually have a bottle in my environment. So it's 
that's kind of what he's saying within his book is to remove or alter everything in your environment that opposes that commitment. So my commitment is I don't want to drink during the week. I love how I feel when I'm not consuming alcohol during the week. And I like to focus on hydrating. So that is one thing that works for me is I just adjust my environment. I don't have any bottles of wine and I don't go to the liquor store (laughs) during the week. So that is one thing that I do to adjust my environment. Okay. So then it shows you. So the rest of this book basically is all about how our environment shapes us, how to make willpower irrelevant and how to outsource, you know, other things, how to outsource our environment in order to increase our performance. And so we can have success. Success. So let's jump into that. So our environment really does shape us. So every um, hero is a product of their situation and also their surroundings. Our surroundings are so powerful. So we, when we're in a situation um, that we find ourselves in, we can we definitely rise to the occasion. And science has shown that we. Um, our potential is shaped by what surrounds us. So it shows how essential um, it really, really is to think about what is around you, looking at your environment. So you want to be really, really honest with who you are and what matters to you and um, like let go of the things. So you want to become willing to give up, you know, your low living, your wastefulness, your bad habits, like your addictions, your distractions. So the idea here is that you really do want to recognize the power of your surroundings, which are also people, by the way, and just be really honest and decide how it is that you want to show up. So become willing to take responsibility and the responsibility that's required. It's time to be that person that you know you can be, but your world needs to change. Your environment needs to change in order to support that. And that's what this whole book is about. The power of the people around you. And we all, we can rise up to all the occasions and science has shown that. Um, but what we want to do is make sure that we're really being honest, that we're willing to face our fears, our inner demons and face them head on. And so being honest with the things that do need to be changed in your environment. And I love that, right? And then he also talked about our environment definitely shapes us. And um, the myth of willpower is that, um, you know, all the self-help industry I find is there often encouraging people to change themselves and that, but we can't change ourselves without changing our environment. And that's the message within this book. So every environment kind of has rules or norms. So for example, you know, those rules, they determine our behavior. So, you know, when you walk into like, say a classroom, that rule, that environment has a norm. You find it, you walk in, you find a chair, you sit down, (laughs) right? So the message is, is that every environment kind of has norms or rules. And so, and these norms and rules determine our behavior. And so he's just bringing that up because it shows how our environment actually shapes us. So rather than needing to exert more force or willpower, he says it's so much easier that if we just change our lives and our environment, it's, it's really essential. Um, it's actually more essential than anything else. Okay. So, and this is his whole message is like how to make willpower irrelevant. And this is cool. So this whole section of the book now is all about how we don't, how we can make it irrelevant. We don't even need willpower if we do all these things. And so he talked first about resetting your life. So making powerful decisions, 
you know, outside your routine and your environment, um, he's really talking about that your brain operates best when you are rested, when you are in a relaxed state, when you take a break. And so the idea is to reset your life is really important to kind of take a step back and look at your life, look at your decisions, look at your routines, um, when you're not busy in all those routines. So his tip is to do, you know, weekly planning sessions using a journal, reflecting on last week and, you know, how you can make plans to make the following week better. Um, what did you do well? What were your wins? Um, what, and also he talked about all like, what, what do you want to plan for the coming week? So how to take what you've learned and how you can apply it to the future. So he's talking about being very specific too, and kind of looking at things head on and include this planning ritual and this learning ritual. Um, and then he's to really look at your whole entire week. So how you can reset your life. I do this every week. I usually do it Sunday before the whole entire week, or I do it Monday early morning so I can set my week up really, really successfully. Um, I live by my journal. I live by my day planner. It really does help me kind of stay focused, except I got derailed the other day, but that's when I did a, an emergency text to my uh, coach and that helped me come back on track. And then I did go into my journal. So the idea is you want to reset your life and step back when you're not in your routine and in the busyness of your life, when your brain is at rest, when you're in a relaxed state, take a break and plan your life. Plan your goals and plan your routines and rituals. And he was saying to include, you know, the planning of ritual, the planning of learning, like setting the intentions of what it is that you want your life to look like. So this is one way we can make willpower irrelevant. It's pre-planning our whole entire week is it's our resetting our life by pre-planning when we're in a relaxed state for moving forward. I love that. Then he also talked about how to make willpower irrelevant is to designate sacred space. So, and this is all about establishing your daily environment, kind of just so you can stay on course. You know, do you have a sacred space to go so you can align and reconnect with yourself? Do you have a space where you can meditate, where you can think, pray, or visualize? Um, and, or so you can do this in your, like take a step back and do this in your journal or, you know, it's really, really important. And it's the foundation, what he's saying for long-term success, checking in, are you on track? Do you give yourself enough time? Um, and so his tips are, you know, to make morning rituals, to get yourself into peak state every single day. He is suggesting also to do daily journals, to use affirmations. He is suggesting also to reconnect deeply with yourself and why your why, like why it is that uh, what it is that you want to accomplish in your life is really important and essential. He talks about the power of visualizations and journaling just to really, really reconnect with yourself. And his suggestion is to make sure that you have a sacred space or a designated space in order to do that. And you I mean, you could be in your bath. It could be, you know, your own, like your, make your room a beautiful oasis, whatever it is for you. He is suggesting to designate a sacred space and time so you can establish your daily environment so you can stay on course. And that's one way to make willpower irrelevant. Um, you can see there's kind of a pattern here, right? Like pre-planning, staying focused, deciding what it is you want, step away from your life, creating and planning the environment that you would like for yourself. 
Um, he also talked about how to make uh, willpower irrelevant is to remove everything that conflicts with your decisions. Um, so basically anything that kind of, um, stops your productivity or stops you from being successful on the things that you desire for yourself. So, that is huge. So it's kind of like me removing the wine. Um, so elimination is one of the fastest paths to progress um, and helps you keep with forward momentum. So removing excess baggage that's keeping you in your environment that you just that you don't want to have there. So what is that baggage? What is it for you? Everybody has certain things that maybe is holding them back and preventing you from. Um, being productive towards your goals. Uh, so what are those things? Make a list, look at your environment, be really aware. I mean, if you're trying to lose weight, why are there a whole bunch of cookies in the cupboard? And then if you have kids <laughs> that love cookies, you know, um, you can control that. I usually buy the peanut butter cookies that I cannot eat so that the kids can eat that. Um, or if, you know, I love chips, so that's why I buy Doritos because I'm not a big fan of Doritos. So at least everybody's happy and it controls my environment. So I'm, I'm, it's not getting in the way of my productivity of staying slim and healthy. So that is, you know, these tips are so good. So elimination is one of the fastest ways to help us to keep moving forward. And it makes willpower irrelevant. You can see how it makes it irrelevant, right? So some of his tips were to delete you want to delete key things from your life. So maybe it's physical stuff, right? Like maybe it's if you're getting distracted by emails, garbage, or your closets are getting clogged, or, you know, your environment doesn't feel light and it's not fostering a sense of productivity. He's talking about clearing it out. So he calls it clearing the garden of your life. Um, he's talking about removing distractions. So getting rid of eliminating distractions as well. Um, and this is huge, right? Because sometimes, sometimes distractions are attractive, um, but then they don't help us with our goals. So some distractions might be your phone. Some distractions might be social media, some distractions. So he's talking all about these things that are attractive, but they're ultimately not great decisions. So, um, he did bring in Barry Schwartz work, which I love, which is all about the paradox of choice and how choice is meant to actually be a good thing, but it ends up causing ego depletion and a decision fatigue. And so the idea is that you want to also decrease how many decisions that you have to make. Uh, he talked a little bit too about how, um, people, some people in your right, like who are you surrounding yourself with? Like, are there certain people that you want to eliminate from your life? Are there certain, you know, social media feeds that aren't nourishing you or, you know, that you want to maybe mute for a little while. And so all these things are really, really essential. Um, and they remind us, um, to keep moving forward. So eliminating and being committed to eliminating certain things that are help preventing us from progressing and moving forward. So the idea is to really look at those. What are those things for you? What, what is conflicting or getting in your way of productivity and the goals that you want for yourself? And so this idea of elimination is really good because it's going to help make willpower irrelevant because we're just eliminating the things that are preventing us from moving forward. Um, the other thing, oh, I love this part. 
He talked about clear communication and this is neat because I have a tendency sometimes to be a little bit wishy-washy and so, and this is kind of a theme for me right now is how we can be very clear in our communication to get our needs met. And I love that, right? So it's just about being very direct and very clear. It's like, well, no, I think we talked about like, you know, instead of being back and forth, it's like, actually the conversation that we had was you are going to pay me $55 for half an hour versus $75 for 45 minutes. So I would prefer the $75 for 45 minutes. <laughs> Just being clear is really, really essential. And he talked about it being, um, oh, and the other great thing he talked about is the working memory. And this is huge for me. Sometimes I get lost in my brain and my short-term memory. I'm trying to remember all these things or, you know, that moment when you wake up in the morning and you have all these ideas and you just don't want to forget them, but they're running through your head. So his suggestion is to really monitor our working memory. Our short-term memory gets clogged and cluttered and that that comes with opportunity costs. So the idea is you want to, you know, write things down or try not to get lost in that working memory and, you know, make lists, write things down or just like get it out of your head. Um, and that's really, really important. He talked about it as well. So it eliminates, this is the whole key concept of eliminating and really is going to help us be the fastest progress forward and forward momentum, removing excess baggage that's keeping, that's staying in our environment that is preventing us from having uh, that productivity and that wonderful ability to move forward and what we want in our life, right? Okay, so the next step that he talked about is, oh, this part is so fun. So changing our default options. So it's, it's basically you're making positive choices automatic. So that's like putting for my kids, I put, always put a big fruit bowl on my counter so that that's like almost like a, it's, it makes a positive choice automatically. So it's right there. They pick that up. I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I have a little thing of muffins beside it. And if the muffins are there, they pick the muffins first. So it shows you this. If we change our default options, we can make positive choices almost automatic. And then it makes willpower irrelevant. I love this. Okay. So figure out what defaults you already have in place. So, you know, for me, it's like, okay, the second I feel this, I go to this, or like, if I feel maybe I had a stressed out day, I'll maybe pick one of my shows and I'll sit down and veg out and watch one of my favorite TV shows. So maybe TV. So it's like, you think about all your default behaviors and what is that's kind of ingrained and trigger and what, and how you're triggered by your environment. So it's almost like it's going to be hard for you to find these because I noticed for me when I was starting to go through it, when I was reading this book, it's almost like, okay, well, they become unconscious and they're habitual. And so for me, I have a tendency when I pick up my phone and I get sucked in a little bit to my phone, I end up going and lying down or sitting down. And then I end up sitting there for a long period of time. So I noticed that that is a default behavior. And it really is ingrained in me. And so, um, so I mean, figuring out, 
customizing a design or customizing your design, like you can design your defaults is what he's saying within his book. So I haven't figured out my, I haven't figured out what to do yet with that one yet. So maybe we'll figure it out by the end of this podcast. So they're basically unconscious and they're habitual. And this is like an, the example might be like addiction comes from ineffective defaults. So if you think about that, right, when we don't have, okay, we're stressed out. If we don't have a healthy default in place, then we may go off and have a cigarette, right? If we're stressed out or we've had a tough day, you know, maybe we go to wine or maybe we go to some people it might be drugs, right? Like it's, if, so his whole section of this in the book is all about sometimes our default settings that become very habitual and they're there and we can often get triggered by our environment. So something we're going through might trigger something. And this is, so addiction is what he's saying within his book is that it comes from having ineffective defaults in place. Isn't that incredible? So our environment is full of triggers, like trigger after trigger, right? We get things going on, like the kids are yelling, we're stressed out or whatever it is, or, you know, um, we go to the grocery store, holy cow, right? And we're feeling a little bit down. I know sometimes like, you know, we get a rush of dopamine when we eat chocolate and what's right at the checkout <laughs> when we're about to go, you know, check out is a whole bunch of chocolates. There's a reason it's there. It's impulse. It's, it's you know, it's playing on this ego depletion by the end of the day where you don't have that willpower, that environment is right around you. So that default is right there. So isn't that crazy? Isn't that funny? The grocery stores? No. (laughs) All right. So his idea within this book is that we need to design our defaults. We need to pre-plan it. We need to get quiet with ourselves and default, like change your default options. So basically making positive choices almost automatic. And so so he his tips are to disrupt the default. So you don't be a slave to your environment in other words. So take a break from technology. Maybe you can work less. Maybe you can make yourself not always available. Uh, maybe you can unplug from your work. Maybe you can create a routine or ritual and allow you to be, you know, this unavailable. So maybe what I do is I just leave my phone in the car when I get home. <laughs> I actually think, oh my God, is that an option? No way. <laughs> but maybe what I do is I decide like for the next three hours that I'm just going to leave my phone. You know, I won't go on social media from X amount of time to X amount of time. Or when I pick up my phone, I have to stand or be walking instead of sitting down and getting sucked into it. So this is, okay, here's the part that I love. And I hope this is the part about implementation intention. Um, Okay, so, well, that's the self-sabotaging. I'm going to talk about that in a little bit, the implementation intentions, uh, because that's a positive psychology hack. And what it is is when it's the when and if, and we'll talk about that. So I'll talk about that in a second. I don't want to get ahead. So figuring out what your defaults is the first step. What's already in place? Like, what are you already doing in your environment? That's the first step. So because they are unconscious and kind of habitual, it's going to be hard for you to see them. So just start paying paying attention to your day. And the idea here and the tip is to disrupt these defaults. So don't be a slave to your environment. So take a break from, you decide what you want to do, whether it's take a break from technology, whether it's to work less or whether it's, you know, to go for a walk at certain times or certain distances. 
Uh, so you want to create routine and ritual that support you. So allow yourself, maybe even in certain situations, to be unavailable so that you can make positive choices almost automatically. So he he is talking about acting on, oh, I love this suggestion. He talks about acting on instinct and intuition instead of impulse and dependence. So here you go. That My mind blew when he, I read this part. That's why I had to include it in this podcast. When you act on instinct and intuition, you're thinking it through. You're, you're listening to what it is that's important for you. When we are acting on impulse and dependence, such as alcohol and food and things like that, um, it's not as beneficial for us. So if we act on um, if we act on instinct and intuition, we make willpower irrelevant because we can tap into that. We know what we want for ourselves. We know what's important for us. When we act on impulse and dependence, it's a whole different thing. So you can ask yourself, am I acting on instinct and intuition or am I acting on dependence and impulse? So that is so cool. So he also talked about just being mindful of your environment and the triggers in your environment. It's really, really important about, you know, just discovering what's in your environment. Okay. Here's the fun part that I was talking about. I gave you a little tease. All right. So it's all about creating triggers to prevent self-sabotage and also preparing for fail, like failure. So putting failure planning to work. So I love this part. So this part is really, really actionable. Like this is something you can do, but first you had to find out those default options that you have a tendency to go to in order for this next section to work. So um, creating triggers and also uh, looking for where places where you might be self-sabotaging. So first, you want to envision various times that failure might take place. Think about those times when you have automatic responses to certain situations. Think about those times where, you know, you start training and we want to start training your brain. So think about those times where, um, like I said, that you're acting on um, impulse and you're acting on uh, dependence instead of instinct and intuition. Think about those times and kind of make a list, like remember those situations, and then we can start training your brain to put them into action and think about how you might... um, how you could prevent that self-sabotaging and, and it's called fail, fail planning. Okay. So one of the suggestions is, is, um, what's called an implementation intention. And so the environment, it's kind of in, in it's designing your environment. Like you can't necessarily change all your, your environment, but what you can do is change your response to it. So, um, what it is, is it's called an implementation intention. It's an if then statement. So for example, if I have a stressful day and I feel like a glass of wine, (laughs) um, I will, and then go for a walk. I'll drink a big glass of lemon water. So I feel healthy, blah, blah, blah. So, so what you do is you create your own, if then I'll statements. So they're called if and st- if then statements. So when you're encountered by a tough condition or a tough environment, you will already be prepared. You're kind of, you're training your brain to, so that you don't have to rely on willpower. So you're preparing yourself for those times when you might self-sabotage, when you might be faced with failure. 
So I love this suggestion. So for example, let's go back to that one when you're at the grocery store and there's all those chocolate bars there. So you could create an implementation intention such as if I find myself wanting those chocolate bars when I'm standing at the grocery store, then I'll, and then fill in the blank. So maybe it's eat one of the bananas that I got in my grocery list or I'll grab gum instead, whatever it is. So creating and preparing your brain um, is really crucial and actual make willpower irrelevant. So what would your implementation intentions be? So the idea first is to recognize where these places in your environment might be um, that are sabotaging you or that, you know, that you actually have an automatic response that isn't what you'd like. So create those, knowing those trigger situations to prevent self-sabotage and putting this failure planning into practice is so powerful, right? So, and then he also talked about visualizing the process. So, and he talked also about the power of um, visualization, period. So for example, if you are, you want something for yourself and you have a goal for yourself, he's talking about use visualization as a tool, but his suggestion is to visualize the process and not just the outcome. So, and then once you've done that, he also is suggesting to write down um, and write down the process that you visualized. And this is so powerful. And he also talked about include potential obstacles, include potential challenges that are going to get in the way of your goals. And then visualize how you're going to deal with them. And he says to keep going through this through visualization. And it's such a powerful tool and it's going to make your willpower irrelevant. So he talks about trying to think about your top goal and then writing down your top goal and then giving it a timeline and then imagine all the potential obstacles that you might face. And then what you can do is figure out, write down those obstacles and then come up with if then statements, right? If this happens, I will, then I'll, you know, finishing. So those if then statements and responses to each and every single obstacle is so powerful. It's going to prepare you um, for the, you know, the things that might show up. Uh, and I love that. So writing down your statements and then really, really keeping them close in your mind, rereading them, journaling them. And um, I love that. Isn't that so powerful? And so those are all of his tips and how to make willpower irrelevant. Uh, he did talk about embedding forcing functions. And so it's kind of putting into your environment so that you can things so that you can make change happen. So it's just basically self-imposed situational factors that can really help you so you can act and achieve what it is that you want. So it's intentionally doing something. It's like forcing function. It's forcing you to make change happen. So an example might be intentionally leaving your phone, your cell phone in your car when you get home. If you really wanted to have that time off your phone and connect with your family, you know, so how can you invest more in yourself and how can you draw on um, your goals and these forcing functions? Like what could you embed and put into your world 
um, that would help you so you can make change happen. So, I mean, if you want to run every morning that you wake up, maybe it's, you know, putting the shoes right beside your running shoes and your whole running outfit right beside your bed. Uh, it's embedding forcing functions. It's embedding things into your environment so you can make change happen. Uh, if you always wanted to be reading before bed, maybe you put a book right beside your bed and a timer on your phone or an alarm on your phone, whatever it is. So I would love you to come up with your embedding or your forcing functions to help you put into your environment that what you would like to see, like what changes you'd like to make happen. Um, embedding these for, forcing functions. I would love to hear as you private message me, you know, let me know. I would love to hear and share, you know, what it is that you would build into your environment. Um, so what ways can you make, you know, the consequences of your actions more motivating and more impactful? What can you embed? Like, can you create an enriched environment through these forcing functions? You know, it's so, so important. Um, he talked about, uh, what else did he talk about here? He talked about um, good intentions and how we can adopt, you know, um, different environments. So being adaptive and learning. So I love this one. So the idea is it's more than just good intentions. It's adapting a new growth mindset too around um, everything in your environment. So um, it's having a learner and a growth mindset. So it's, it's a wonderful way to master difficult environments and difficult situations. And so how can, you know, if you do have a shortcoming or you do, um, have something that happens or you do, um, you're not moving as productively towards your goals as you'd like. The idea is how can you mindfully assess that situation so you can learn from it? So you can adopt this growth mindset so you can help create better scenarios for yourself and take responsibility so you can rise up and be committed. I love that he brought this into his book, right? Cause we're not perfect. We're human. So how can you invest in yourself and your decisions and really embrace uncertain situations and emotions? Cause they're going to come up. So the idea is how can we grow and learn from this? And uh, I love that he's making, you know, talking about this idea of willpower irrelevant and that there is such thing as positive stress and that we can keep moving forward in our lives. And it's really this environment, um, this, this piece of accountability, setting high expectations for ourselves and others. It's investing, um, you know, in our time and um, our energy. And yeah, so I really, really, his book has so many wonderful tools. And my t main takeaway is no matter where you are, you can change. And I love the idea of embedding in your environment, forcing fun things that are going to force you to make change happen positively. And I love the idea of, you know, elimination, taking away um, things that aren't serving us well, that aren't helping us move forward. And it really teaches us how to purposely shape our environment. Like, so what is it, what implementation intention could you create for those times when we know our environment is going to challenge us? Um, it also explained to me, like, you know, like this idea of how, um, we can guide who we want to become and that we can really change and create the environment that will ultimately help create us and create the person that we want to be. I thought that book was so great. That's it, everyone. That was Willpower Doesn't Work, Discover the Hidden Keys to Success. I hope that it helped you in so many ways as well. And I have an awesome book next week. So make sure you tune in. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. And don't 
forget, go over to my website so you can get a little more information about my book club, the live book club. I would love to see you there. It's coming up very shortly and we'll do that monthly as well. So thank you everybody. Have an amazing week. If you like this podcast that's like personal training for your mind, you've got to come over to my website at andreasadel.com where I take all these books, I highlight, coach, and summarize the content in my unconventional book and coaching club. Let's face it, no one is sunshine and butterflies all the time, but we can make happiness a lifestyle. So I want to invite you to sign up at my website for my freebies and giveaways so that you can start each week positively. Finally, don't forget to subscribe on whatever platform you listen to, download and write a review because they really help grow the show.